0: Hello and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpey. And I'm Pete Torpey. So if I type an E on the keyboard, no, e
1: quarter, beat one. you can tell that it entered a quarter note E at beat one. And that's me giving a demonstration of the Muse Score program for. Enabling a blind person to use a screen reader to make musical scores. And that's what we'll be hearing about today.
0: Despite being open source and free, MuseScore includes many of the features found in commercial programs. We'll talk with Mark Sabatella, one of its developers, about his work to make MuseScore accessible with a variety of screen readers. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip is some very practical advice from Mark Sabatella about how you can get started using MuseScore.
2: The tip, I guess, that I have is, um, well, first of all, to get to JAWS, the the JAWS scripts, if you go to the handbook on musescore.org, uh, you, you will find the, uh, there's a support menu and then handbook and then go to the accessibility section. That's where you can get the JAWS script and install that. But if you if like using NVDA, you don't need any scripts. The biggest tip I can give you from using MuseScore are the following. Alt plus left and alt plus right uh, are the shortcuts to move through your score like one element at a time. It'll go, it'll start with the title and then move to the clef that starts the first staff and then the first note from there. So alt plus left, alt plus right, move through your score in that way. Alt plus up and down will move up and down through the the different staves and you will hear everything in that score read to you. Uh, There's a lot more shortcuts to learn, but those are the key to unlocking everything.
0: Well, it's always nice to have somebody tell you how to get started. That's often the hardest thing. So great tip. Thank you. Sure. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by... NaviLens, a four-color QR code designed to be located and read from up to 60 feet away without the need to focus on it. Now, using augmented reality, NaviLens 360 Vision locates the NaviLens codes in a 3D space available for iPhone and soon for Android more at NAVILENS.com You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Success.
3: Success. Success.
0: Let's start by meeting Mark and learning about how he got involved in working in accessibility.
2: Hi, my name is Mark Sabatella, and uh, I'm a professional musician, at least that's the the way I've usually described myself, but what that really means has evolved a lot over the years uh Well, first of all, my background was in software. I worked in that field for a while, and then I left that to do music full time and then I started getting more and more into teaching went back and got my music degree and was teaching at a local university, actually a couple different universities and uh while teaching at these schools, I ended up getting involved in accessibility. And that's obviously what something we'll be talking about here. uh, And specifically with a a computer program that uh, I eventually went on to help develop called MuseScore. And eventually I left one of those teaching jobs to focus more on the sort of things that I was starting to do online, online teaching. And so I kind of started to, to build uh, my own teaching business of online teaching. And uh, accessibility always remained a, a big part of what I was doing, both in the work I did with MuseScore, but also in my own online courses going out of my way to make them accessible for blind musicians.
0: But you personally are sighted.
2: Yes, I am.
1: How did you first get interested in accessibility?
2: So I was teaching at at these two local schools, jazz theory at one, piano at another and theory and I had a student, a blind student, who was the first blind student they had ever had at this one school, and they basically had no concept of, okay, somehow we have to accommodate uh, this girl, Sam, and we uh, need to figure out how we can, you know, accommodate her within a, a traditional music. Program Because she's going to have to take music theory classes and have to take tests and do all these things uh, that we don't really know how to deal with. And I was teaching the freshman theory class. So I was sort of her first contact, if, if you will, with the uh, sort of cited education world. And so we had to kind of find our way, find tools, find techniques and sort of make up things as we went along. And I was just really shocked. This was, I guess, 10 years ago. uh, Shocked and dismayed uh, at how bad the state of technology was with respect to uh, accessibility in music education specifically.
1: But with your technical background, you were in a perfect position to be able to help her address some of those issues.
2: I was. It was um, very serendipitous that uh, she ended up, you know, in my class as opposed to some other random class with a, uh, a teacher who might not have inclined to do it, and very ser- serendipitous for me that, uh, you know, she came into my life at this moment when uh, apparently I needed some direction.
0: <laughs> Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about partnership opportunities
1: by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net.
0: This week's focus topic is the music creation program MuseScore and how Mark Sabatella was able to make it accessible with a variety of screen readers.
1: Anyway, Mark, I was hoping that you could give our listeners a quick summary of what MuseScore actually is.
2: So MuseScore is what we call music notation software. It's a word processor for sheet music. So if you think about using Microsoft Word to create to write a book, if you're writing a symphony or writing any form of sheet music, with you know uh, we have the way uh, we, traditional music notation works. You have a staff and you have these uh, notes that are like dots with stems coming off of them. All these symbols that we learn from music notation. MuseScore is a program to allow you to create that kind of music notation.
0: And presumably also to read what other people have created.
2: Yeah, so once you create uh, your music, you can either print it out, you can upload it. There's a website that goes along with it where uh, lots of millions of people create music and share them with other people. And then other people can download and uh, print the music out or listen to the playback because score will play the music back for you as well.
1: Years ago, there were some sort of clumsy ways of doing this in a text editor with a markup language, but that isn't very efficient. MuseScore is a fully functional, graphically interactive program that makes it very easy to use with a screen reader.
2: Exactly. Although it didn't support screen reader at all when I first came on board. Uh, In fact, no notation program did. Most of the programs that you would use other than MuseScore are like you know $600 programs that are used by professional musicians and are really out of range of the ordinary music student or just you know hobby musician. But MuseScore is free and open source, meaning that random people like me who are told about it by a student can say, hey, I think I can work on this and help improve it. And so I got involved and started working on it and improving it.
1: And you essentially built in some accessibility right into the program itself so people didn't have to use scripts to run it and it used to run primarily with nvda the nvda screen reader
2: correct and you don't need a script to use nvda because uh well nvda is open source and we were able to kind of collaborate with them to make sure that they supported what we needed them to support we kind of worked together a little bit and but i have to i have to clarify i didn't do Uh, most of that work, I did some of it, but a lot of it was through a program called the Google Summer of Code, where Google sponsors college students every summer to work on open source software and actually pays them and then uh, gives a small stipend to one of the people who's actually on the project to mentor them. So I mentored uh, a student who then actually implemented that first wave of accessibility.
1: And you and I kind of met in a very funny way. Since I'm a hobbyist with making music and writing music, I wasn't willing to pay $600 for some professional program. And I found MuseScore, which was free, as you mentioned, and I decided to start using it, but with JAWS. And the JAWS screen reader didn't work so well with MuseScore.
2: Yes, We knew the information was there available to the screen reader. It just wouldn't read it. And so as you would navigate through the score, you know, you'd move from note to note. It should be reading you the name of the note, the length of the note, what measure it's in, what beat it's on, all these things. And it wasn't reading it, even though the information was there. Uh, So I can't even remember, um, Peter, did you contact me? Did I, I contact you? You posted on the forum. Is that what happened?
1: Well, that's initially what happened is that I read through your wiki saying that it works with NVDA, but maybe not so well with JAWS. And so I asked a lot of questions on your forums and it was back and forth. And then eventually you got involved and started asking some questions. And then it turned out that you live right down the road from me.
2: Yeah, that was amazingly uh, more serendipity for you that uh, after we had established that, you know, we knew we wanted it to work with JAWS. You had some experience in what was involved in writing JAWS scripts and what needed to happen. And as we're talking, I was like, oh, too bad. You know, you know, it's a big world. But it just was amazing to find out that all I had to do was hop in my car and drive over to your house. And we were able to sit down and knock out some stuff.
1: Well, and I remember doing that. You came over here. I turned on JAWS, show you how it worked, how some of the scripting calls worked. And then eventually, Doug Lee, who we talked with recently on this show about his career and also MuseScore, he got involved. And you were able to quickly knock out some relatively simple scripts that made JAWS work very well with MuseScore.
2: Well, yeah, and it was... The fact that we did all that work to get it working with NVDA, as I said, we knew the information was there. We just had to nudge JAWS to say, please read this. So figuring out how to do that nudging, uh, Doug knew exactly how to do that. We pointed it, you know, you showed me how to work the scripting in general. Doug showed me exactly how to do that aspect of things. And yeah, it turns out it's just like... A dozen lines of code, or just something like that, plus some prettying up around it, but the meat of it is no more than like a dozen lines of JavaScript.
1: Yeah, and with your programming background, you were quickly able to put some of that together and integrate all that effort.
2: Yes, and one thing I guess you probably are aware of, but after that, then I was like, well, okay, next. Uh, next up, since I'm using a Linux machine a lot, uh, and we were about to do a presentation for a big open source conference in Belgium, like the next month. And I'm using Linux. And most of the people at this open source conference are using Linux. So I was like, well, let's get it working with Orca, which is the Linux screen reader. So I went through a similar process of uh, identifying a couple people who could help me write Orca scripts. And figuring out what I needed to do, again, it was just the same thing, just finding the right dozen lines of code to wake up Orca and say, hey, that information that's sitting right there waiting for you, please read it. And uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks, I had Orca running too. I think I got it running like maybe two or three days before the conference.
1: Wow, that's great. So now people who use Windows can use either the free NVDA screen reader, JAWS, or they can run this on a Linux machine
2: with Orca. How
1: about the Macs? Does MuseScore work on the Macs with a screen reader, with VoiceOver?
2: So unfortunately, no, the information is there. It's just, we cannot convince VoiceOver to read it and it doesn't have a scripting language. And so there's no way that we know to force it to.
1: Yes, I always thought that was one of the downsides of the Mac.
2: Yes, and the good news here is, so there's a relatively new music notation program called Dorico that just came out a few years ago, but kind of the main person in charge of that project used to be in charge of Sibelius, and he has managed to get it working with voiceover. I don't know if it's released that way, but he's given us some information that we think we are going to be able to get it working with voiceover in MuseScore 4.
0: So you refer to us which is more than just me who else in your group working on this
2: when i came onto the project there were maybe a dozen developers working on it but really just a couple working on it kind of full-time and eventually i became kind of like maybe the third most uh, prolific uh, contributor to the project but At this point, there are over 200 people that have contributed to this. Uh, Some of them just contributed one line of code once seven years ago. And other people have contributed, you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of lines of code. And there is now uh, a team based in Russia that actually is kind of in charge of things.
1: Just so people know, although this program is free and open source, it is quite sophisticated and has many of the capabilities of these professional music editing Programs. Can you give us a quick overview of the types of things and the scope of functions that are included?
2: Yes, it, it really is. As you say, it, it's quite professional. It's it really is a serious contender. Uh, sometimes I will say it does like you know ninety five percent of what Finale and Sibelius and Dorico can do for zero percent of the cost. So it means that you can enter pretty much anything you could write out by hand. You can enter into MuseScore and it will play it back for you and print it very nicely. So you can have, like, if you're writing a symphony, it might have, you know, flutes and oboes and clarinets and bassoons and horns and trumpets and trombones and tubas and timpani and violins and violas and cellos. You've got all these parallel staves of music where you're entering notes and you could have a hundred instruments if you wanted. You could write a piece that's, you know, a thousand measures long that, you know, takes an hour to play or something. You could write an entire five-movement symphony in MuseScore. You can use it to create music using, like, Renaissance notation. That's not, you know, something that most people could even read anymore. I am a jazz musician, so I use it to create jazz scores that have, you know, chord symbols and what we call slash notation and other sorts of notations that are kind of specific to jazz. Really, pretty much anything you ever might encounter in sheet music you can do with MuseScore.
1: And it's very easy to print it out to share it with sighted musicians or save the music score to an XML music file and share that electronically with other people.
2: Absolutely. And when you uh, print it, obviously, then it's readable by sighted musicians. If you leave it you know, in MuseScore, what the screen reader does and w- what the work does that uh, my student, uh, Andre, was his name, did is it allows you to then navigate through the score with a cursor key and it will read it to you one note at a time, just like a word processor can read you something one word at a time. Or you can hit play and it just plays it if you would prefer to learn it by ear. But that idea that you could read a score is what Andre did and then... Uh, I had another blind student named Elizabeth, and she was instrumental in providing the impetus for us to kind of complete the circle and make it so that you can actually write music as a blind musician that you can write music with news
1: Great. Now, there's another open source audio editing program called Audacity that many visually impaired people use with a screen reader and I've used in the past. And I just saw an announcement recently that Audacity was joined together with something called Muse Group. What is the relationship there?
2: This organization in uh, Russia that kind of now controls the direction of MuseScore, I mean, it's still open source, anyone can still contribute it to it, but someone's got to be in charge. And now it's this group in Russia that used to be a company called Ultimate Guitar, and they specialized in guitar tablature, and they've expanded. And so they are the ones who then acquired the rights to MuseScore a few years ago, and they have now acquired the rights to Audacity. So they've restructured themselves so that Ultimate Guitar, MuseScore, and Audacity are kind of second tier of the organizational chart. And at the top is this new construct called the Muse Group.
0: So you just talked about Ultimate Guitar Doing guitar tablature, that's different from the musical notes on a staff. That's a representation of where you put your fingers on the strings. Does MuseScore handle that too?
2: It absolutely does.
0: And
1: with this reorganization, will those programs still remain open source projects and free to the general public?
2: They absolutely will, and that's not even debatable in that if they should ever decide, you know what, we don't want to do this anymore, the fact that they're open source means the source is out there. So someone like me who's just not really connected to the company could say, well, I'm just going to compile it myself and make my own version available.
0: So how do they make any money?
2: So their Ultimate Guitar uh, original app doesn't include the Muse Score source, so they can sell that. The, when I mentioned that you can share scores online, you can upload your scores, but in order to download scores to print them, you can view them online, you can download some scores, but in order to download like copyrighted scores, pop songs and so forth, you sign up for a pro account. And then some of that money goes to the copyright holder and some of it goes to the Muse group.
1: Well, terrific, and it's really nice that you and others have worked so hard to make these programs accessible to people using screen readers. We all thank you.
2: You're welcome, and I've I've been learning just so much along the way, and I I have to report a couple relatively new developments also. Um, that same student Andre, who did the original screen reader report, he did that as part of that Google Summer of Code, and then kind of you know disappeared, went on, got a job, did you know, went on with his life. Last summer, during the pandemic, he just decided he needed a project. He actually implemented Braille export for MuseScore. So MuseScore 4 is going to have a music Braille export facility that uh, will be brand new.
0: Are you at liberty to tell us what might be coming in the future?
2: The idea is going to be to more easily support some more advanced features, such as a built-in sequencer and just better audio playback, And basically rewriting the code to get it more, I don't know, easier to work with.
1: You talked a bunch about your teaching and your involvement in MuseScore. You also alluded briefly to your other activities in music. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, please?
2: I decided three years ago uh, when I left the uh, one university that I was going to focus on online teaching. And so I have an online course for teaching MuseScore, but I also then now produce music theory courses. And I have a basic music theory course and a counterpoint course that I'm working on now, also a harmony and chord progressions course. And I've taken what I've learned from all the accessibility work that went on with MuseScore to make those courses accessible. So I've really uh, paid a lot of attention to web accessibility standards, and I've actually worked with some of the platforms where my courses are hosted to help them improve their platform's accessibility. And again, I've had students like Elizabeth work with me to make sure that my, my music courses uh, are accessible.
0: Well... We've been talking about the ability to use MuseScore with a screen reader for many minutes now. Here's Pete giving a short demonstration of how that works.
1: Now I'm in the MuseScore program, and I already went through the wizard for starting a new project or song, and that wizard lets you enter the title of the song, the key signature, the time signature, etc. Now we're ready to enter some notes. And the way you do that is by hitting N to get into note entry mode.
3: Rest, measure, measure, one beat, one staff one left parent, piano, right parent.
1: And then you're ready to start entering the letters on the keyboard that correspond to the notes you want to enter. So, for example, we'll enter Mary Had a Little Lamb. The first three notes are E, D, C. So if I type an E on the keyboard, note e 5, quarter, beat 1. You can tell that it entered a quarter note E at beat 1. Now I'll type the D, C, and I'll keep going. Note
3: D, e, note C, note D, note e, 5, note, e, note e, 5, quarter, beat 3. Rest quarter, beat 4. Note D, e, note D, e, note D e, 5, quarter. Rest quarter beat four. Note e five. Note note G. Rest quarter beat four.
1: And that's part of Mary Had a Little Lamb. Let's hit Escape to get out of note entry mode. Escape. And then Control Home to get back to the beginning of the song.
3: Top treble cliff, measure one beat one.
1: And by hitting Space, I can play the song.
3: Space treble cliff, beat one. Space.
1: If I hit Space again, it stops the song. And if I want, I can arrow through a note at a time.
3: Note D5 e quarter beat one. Note D5 e quarter b two.
1: And it will speak the notes every time I hit the arrow key.
3: Note C5 quarter b three.
1: So that's an easy way to navigate through a song. And if I use control plus the arrow keys, I can move a measure at a time. Now let's try to enter a chord. We'll hit escape to get out of note entry mode. Escape. We'll go back to the beginning of the song with control home again.
3: Top, treble, clef, measure, one beat one, staff, one left parent, piano, right parent.
1: We'll hit N to get into note
3: entry mode. Note E five, quarter, beat one. And
1: Control-K puts us in chord entry mode.
3: N, Control-K, note E five, quarter, beat one, chord symbol.
1: And it asks for a chord symbol. Now I want to type a C here. I could type C major, C seventh, C minor, whatever kind of chord, but I just want a C. I'll type C on the keyboard. And then hit Enter. C, Enter. And you get to hear the chord. Now, I can do that same thing, and then I can add other chords. Now, I'll do that offline. So while you weren't listening, I put a G chord on measure 3 and a C chord on measure 4. So I'll go back to the beginning of the song again with Control home and I'll hit space. And let's hear what it sounds like. Space. And so there you go. There are many more features of MuseScore. You can add multiple notes at one beat to make your own custom chords, or you can enter the chord labels like this, and you can do many more customizations of the score that way.
0: Well, thank you, Peter. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about MuseScore and how to contact Mark Sabatella and the rest of the team.
1: Mark, if people are interested in finding out more about MuseScore or downloading the program, where would they go?
2: So, uh, musescore.org is the software uh website that's where you download it that's where you find the official support forums and the the online handbook which is the documentation for MuseScore that's all on musescore.org it's m u s e for muse s c o r e score all one word musescore.org and then, well then there's musescore.com which is the score sharing website and then my educational website is mastering musescore So if you go to masteringmusescore.com, you'll see my courses, and you'll also see this brand new community that I've just launched. You know, it's like a a forum type of situation, which also I worked with the platform called Circle that hosts that to help improve the accessibility of my uh, community as well.
1: And the scripts to use MuseScore with JAWS are also available on that site.
2: The scripts actually are hosted on a system called GitHub because they're open source, but you can find the links to them within the handbook on musescore.org, the accessibility section.
1: And you have a very good wiki to learn to use Musescore.
2: Yes, the handbook is a a wiki-style document.
0: If somebody had a question or a comment, how would they contact you and or the other folks at Musescore?
2: The support forum on Musescore.org is definitely the best place to reach the Musescore team in general. Uh, To reach me in particular, come join my community. It's a free community you can join at masteringmusescore.com, and you'll see all the instructions on how to create an account and log in and all that.
0: Is there a social media presence?
2: There is, although I'm not as active on that as uh, as I could be. But mastering MuseScore on Facebook and uh, MuseScore Edu at MuseScore Edu is my Twitter handle.
1: And as usual, you can find all of that contact information in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net.
0: That's it for show number twenty one thirty one. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about making astronomy accessible. Astronomy is generally thought to be a very visually oriented field, but with some thought, it can be made accessible to those who can't see. We'll speak with Noreen Grice, founder and principal of You Can Do Astronomy, about how she makes astronomical concepts and features engaging for people with visual impairments.
1: So take a trip to the stars with us next week on Eyes on Success. Catch you then.
0: You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy.
1: You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the
0: podcast,
1: and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net.